Good morning and welcome to Boston Outlook. I'm your host, Julie Mara. Via video chat this week, we have a returning guest, Chuck Eaton, who is the chief executive of the Boy Scouts Spirit of Adventure Council. Welcome back. Hey, Julie. Glad to be here. Thanks so much. It's so funny to actually see you. <laughs> We've never actually met, but now I feel like I have a face to go with the voice. And, um, Same here. Yeah, it's it's definitely unprecedented times, and, and this is one of the good things that I think have actually come out of this whole pandemic, but we'll talk more about that in a little bit. We are also joined by Dr. Amy Warren, who is the co-founder of the Home-Based Learning Center. Welcome. Thank you so much, Julie, for having me. I'm excited to have both of you here. Um, like I said, Chuck has been on a number of times. I think the last time we talked was like probably six months ago at this point. And I, I know what your day typically looks like, Chuck, but I think it's it's much different than the last time we talked due to this whole COVID-19 thing. And I'm going to be flat out honest. I'm so sick of COVID-19. I yeah. think so many people are too. But it's really just taken over every nook and cranny of everybody's life. And obviously, the Boy Scouts are not immune <laughs> to COVID-19. So I, I think a lot of what we're going to talk about is how this pandemic has reshaped the programming and all the different opportunities for children, um, which is why we have um, Amy alongside with us, too, because... Um, I know that your uh, work with the Home-Based Learning Center is also changing. So we'll talk about all of that. Chuck, quick update on, on where things have been and, and where they're going. Well, thanks. Um, you know, the thing that we really love to do in Scouts in, in this day and age in particular is we take our curriculum and we make it available to people all the time. So that's what New England Base Camp is. It's open to the public. People can come. They don't have to be scouts. They can learn all of those skills and do all those activities that scouts are sort of known for, whether it's you know wilderness survival or some of the STEM activities, camping, all that. Thing. And so when the pandemic hit, we looked at our curriculum and said, you know, what are the things that folks want to do? And we quickly pivoted to create lots of um, 75 different um, online classes it took off like a rocket. We had 15,000 kids from across the country participated in what we call Basecamp Online. Whoa. Each of those kids had an eight-hour course uh, where they learned everything from, you know, environmental sustainability to global citizenship to um, animation to just everything under the sun, journalism, uh, just all sorts of great, great courses that are all part of the Scout curriculum. So it was really fun to watch that really take off. But we are glad to be, at least in some ways, back outdoors again. Yeah. Now, tomorrow is the big day for you guys, right? You're reopening. It's not nearly as big as it used to be. <laughs> First day of camp typically is, you know, hundreds of kids and everybody's super excited. And it's usually at the end of June, the beginning of July. Um, but we, you know, we postponed that and really trimmed down the number of kids that are eligible to come to camp. And we're only running a handful of weeks. But yeah, we are opening day camp tomorrow, Monday. Uh, we are super excited about it, and we have uh, about 55 instead of the typical hundreds uh, kids, both scouts and non-scouts, coming to camp, ready to do all of their social distancing as well as well as all their outdoor activities. You know, it's so weird. I mean, even as an adult, like 
I was at a family gathering, very, very small scale, outside, like literally just me, my husband, my two and a half year old, my parents, my brother and his wife. And then the neighbor came over to say hello. And I was like, I don't even know what to do anymore. Like, I don't know how to interact with people. I don't know what you want me to do. I don't know what I should do. I don't know what I want you to do, like, around me. <laughs> like, and you just kind of, like, it, you have to retrain yourself. So I, I bet that that's part of, like, you know, the the big piece of the agenda for Monday morning, right? I mean, you're going to have to kind of go through how to exist it around is. people again. If we teach we teach that type of it's really small group uh, working together, and so you have to be able to have that level of conversation all the time with small groups. Uh, whether you know if you're backpacking, you need to know who the slowest hiker is, and then that slowest hiker sort of sets the pace for the group, and the whole group says, "Well, that's how that's going to work." That's a metaphor that we will use. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it, and we're all going to work as a team. So, uh, and obviously. Our, stand, our social uh, distancing and safety protocols, uh, you know, even if everybody was super relaxed about it, we're like, well, that doesn't really matter because you got to have to live with these things. Um, but the, the, the camp is all set to be safe. We'll, uh, we'll reorient everybody as to what the new protocols are going to be like. That's a big part of Monday morning. Yeah, I bet. I, I, it's exciting, though, because even though it's about a month, month and a half of a delay, I mean, I feel like that's that's pretty good. You're able to still pull it off and still make it happen. And to narrow it down to the 55 kids, how do you like, you have to turn people away, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, that's just a, a tough part of it. We do provide all of our online programming and we do have programs that kids can do at home uh, with kits that they can use so they can do scouting and they can do outdoor activities literally in the backyard with their parents. So there's lots of other options that we provide in addition to camp. So some families say, we get it that you're following all the protocols and we get it that we, you guys are doing everything you can to be safe, but our standards in our house, because my grandma lives with us or whatever it might be, my kid just can't go to camp. Well, that's okay. There's still an online program for, for your kid, and there's still, you know, kids that you can take home, and you can, you can do, you know, all of a sudden, you've got parents in the backyard learning how to tie knots together. <laughs> right. Right. Things that we all could actually be benefiting from these days. And, you know, you bring up a good point, too, where, like, it's now this whole idea of everybody can make a choice, right? What makes it work? for their own family. And I think this is probably a good point to bring Amy in on this part of the conversation too, because, um, you know, with school, the start of school being so, so close to where we are this weekend, I looked at the calendar and I think it's like probably about five weeks away for, for most districts, if they open quote unquote on time, um, you know, it, it could be seven or eight, depending on, like, I know Boston usually opens a little bit after Labor Day, but some districts open the, the end of August. And so that's kind of right around the corner. And people are kind of in this, like, holding pattern right now, not knowing what to do. And I have friends that have kids. My little girl is set to potentially go to preschool. Um, but we're all kind of on hold. Nobody knows what's next. And it's it's just this uncertain 
feeling and you just feel a little uneasy about the whole thing. Um, I know, Amy, that you've been involved with um, the Scouts for, what, four years, I think you were starting to tell me, and then I told you to stop stop your history yeah. story because I wanted to actually hear it here. <laughs> and I would love to share that story, but I just want to say I love your point about choice because I think that is really such an interesting um Thing to focus on. There's such a potential for a real paradigm shift. The pandemic has really shaken things up. And all these questions that were, um, you know, implicit, the choice was always there to school or to not school, or how do you school, or what does that look like exactly? What resources do you pull together to create your child's education? Um, that, that's always been a choice, but much more implicit. Now, with all these questions of will school open? Um, and if it does, what will that look like? And will that suit my family? And will I feel safe? And will my needs for stringency and be met? And all those many questions are being raised. So that's unprecedented. Um, and so it, it's just such an interesting time. The pandemic's really calling parents to make a choice and to think about their choices and resources. Um, so for Home-Based Learning Center, which is, is one of the many resources out there, um, it's, it was a long time in the making, <laughs> um, a long time dream. Actually, four years ago, um, my husband and I packed up our kids and my parents too and moved 10 minutes down the road from New England Base Camp. Um, <laughs> We So our background is in child development. We both hold doctorates in child development. And my husband was a public school teacher for nine years and also was a founding uh, member of a charter school. So this was something on his mind. He wanted to create uh, an alternative model of education. And his background in scouting, he's an Eagle Scout, um, it, well, those two things fit together. Um, and the scouting curriculum, so what we've done with Home-Based Learning Center is we've really just fleshed out the scouting curriculum. Because if you do that, it is a comprehensive educational program. Um, so home base is for elementary age kids. Um, it is professionally staffed, and but it's also very much embraces the spirit of a parent cooperative. Um, so it's a very close-knit community. Parents work in close partnership with the teachers um, and uh, around their children's education. Um, and then in addition to uh, the scouting curriculum, we also have the Common Core as a reference point, too. And that's more behind the curtain, in a sense. But that is always on our mind because we have a real commitment to educational mobility. So that if a child, if, if home base is no longer the right fit for that child and for that family, they're able to move to another type of program and, and be within the ballpark of where that program will be. Which is so important, too, because, you know, the transition from homeschool to, say, a public or maybe a private, pub, a private school setting is huge. So if you've already addressed the potential for uh, some differences in, you know, what was taught, then that makes the battle, you know, pretty much half. <laughs> you only have to really just think about the transition from like, okay, well, now I'm not going to be at home school, then I'm going to go to public school. But now it's like you talked about this whole paradigm shift where it's like, now the tables are kind of turning where kids are 
maybe thinking about staying at home to do a program like you just described. And, and that's, that's a, a big decision to make in yeah. such a little amount of time, I would say too. Yeah. And I think parents are being really moved into this role of being a curator of their child's education. Um, so whether that's, uh, and that's, that's a, a, a mind shift, that's a shift of perspective. It, and so whether you choose public school, whether you choose private school, whether you um, school at home <laughs> or see the interesting thing about homeschooling is it's really uh, a bit of a wastebasket term because it um, uh, just very simply it means you um, register with your town to say I am going to put together my child's education um, and so it's just putting the, the parent in this um, position of selecting resources and curating the experience for their child and being an expert on that individual child knowing that child so well um, they are in this prime position to draw upon these various resources, whatever they are. Um, and, and it's really so much about alignment between um, the, the family and what their needs are and the various resources out there. I think too, um, Chuck, we've talked so much about kind of the evolution of scouts and the recent, um, you know, allowance, I'll say, of having girls join. And I think, you know, this just kind of adds to this evolution that we continue to talk about. There's so much, I think, that people don't realize that goes beyond the phrase Boy Scouts. Like, it's no longer what we thought it was. I would say even like 10 years ago. <laughs> no doubt about it. And it's, it is, uh, the, the BSA is an organization coming to terms and understanding what they've always had and what they've, what's really been the foundation of the organization for all those years, which is this individualized learning, uh, parent led curriculum, which is why it goes so perfectly with homeschool. So really in a lot of ways, everything Amy just described is this, uber cub scout pack right the educators are the cub master and in that way the parents are all involved they're as she says curating their experiences that's exactly what scout troops do that's exactly the way it works a scout says i'm really interested in this particular thing you know whatever it is i want to work on this merit badge it's individualized they can go work on that away from the troop and then come back and then they go on a camping trip together with the troop and that's the way it works and it's just a huge amount of resources that allow that child to follow their own curiosity and learn those lessons. And we've just sort of um, scaled that. And that's really what New England Base Camp really is. And I know, too, with the um, summer camp, which is, correct me if I'm wrong, summer of global citizenship, is that correct? Yeah, so thanks for asking about that. That's something we're particularly happy about. Um, what we've done there is we've really uh, pulled together a dozen or so merit badges and a dozen um, public speakers to really help um, children who participate understand uh, the evolution of our country and the fact that um, our constitution is a living, breathing document. So we follow um, different um, different folks, whether it's uh, women's right to vote later in August, which is the 100th anniversary, or we follow the Americans with Disabilities Act, which was also has, a, I think, a 30-year anniversary this year. And certainly we launched with Juneteenth and we follow all of those movements and how the country has 
understood and changed its sort of uh, society a little bit to better accommodate for all those folks. And to some degree, um, this is all comes out of the civil unrest, which is also stuff that we should all as citizens have a good understanding for. And throughout all of these stories, all summer long, and as we go through these um, these activities with the kids, we're also reflecting on how do these changes in time impact the black and brown community differently than maybe the rest of the American community. So it's really a challenging conversation for all kids with their parents to understand that, you know, um, the Emancipation Proclamation didn't really have the impact that we intended it to have. What does that mean 50 years later? What does that mean 100 years later? What does that mean today? And then what does the ADA Act mean? What does all these things mean uh, for the black and brown community slightly differently than maybe the rest of the general population? It's interesting, too, that, you know, this... Uh time that we're living in is almost uh, so much is happening all at once. Like we're at a turning point, we're at a crossroads, like things have gone on for so long and it's literally coinciding with this whole global pandemic too. So it's like, there's so much going on. It's a lot to take in as an adult. I can't imagine as a child, you know, what it looks like for them. I think there's going to be a lot that comes out of, um, you know, the, the reopening of your camp tomorrow and like for the weeks ahead, like there's going to be so much, I think that could be eye opening for, for everybody. It's a, it's a, so the summer of global citizenship is an online program. Uh, and, and you can sign up for that anytime. We have lots of capacity there. Um, so some weeks we're talking about a particular topic and it has, you know, 75 kids uh, in the program. And the next week we're talking about a different program, might have 50 kids, another week it might have 120. Um, so kids come and go into that program. But the, um, one of the things that's super consistent is parents' comments about it is, this is a challenging conversation. And I had this ridiculously wonderful conversation with my kid after they participated in this parent badge or in this speaker series. Um, I didn't know my kid thought that way. It challenged me. It made me think things through. Some of those folks get a little bit ordinary about that, but that's okay. It's supposed to be a challenging conversation. And we remind them that, you know, there's a generational difference of interpretation of these things. Um, and ultimately, we're just using the scout curriculum to generate those family conversations. Uh, and that's the most important part. And then families will, individuals will figure out where their values are and sort of how they view all that stuff. Absolutely. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Boston Outlook. I'm your host, Julie Mara. With us this morning, we have Chuck Eaton. He's a returning guest. You know him as the chief executive of the Boy Scout Spirit of Adventure Council. And we are also joined by Dr. Amy Warren, who is the co-founder of the Home Base Learning Center. And uh, we're just having a conversation kind of about where Scouts has been, what the next direction is. Um, we know that the camp is reopening tomorrow. We also have the a collaboration with the Home Base Learning Center, which, as uh, we mentioned before, you know, this is really an opportunity for families to be thinking about um, where they stand in terms of what the fall could look like for their kids. Um, Amy, if if people do choose to, you know, jump on board with, with this homeschool um, opportunity through the Home Base Learning Center, like, how do people even get started? 
Um, well, usually having a conversation with me <laughs> or my co-founder or one of the educators, um, I think really the magic in our community has so much to do with that alignment and finding that fit between families um, and the values of the program. Um, earth stewardship, social justice, positive youth development are some guiding values um, of ours. So we, we love to have those conversations, have in-person um, tours. We have actually next weekend two open house opportunities, um, in-person, physically distanced um, open house opportunities where you can see uh, the campus. We can take you on a tour of the campus, share more about the program, um, and you can see our, our cozy cabin. Uh, and, and cabins, we'll be having more cabins to work with. Um, but I think it's uh, the, the New England Base Camp has such a unique campus. The fact that we have the woods, um, we have open air structures, we have Adirondacks, we have many, many ways of spreading out horizontally. Um, which will enable us to come together in community, even during this pandemic, and stay safe. Um, so that will be a big, uh, a big thing for us. Yeah. And just to mention too, New England Base Camp is located in Milton. Um, right. So, like, I'm assuming kids from the surrounding communities are, you know collaborating and, and, and getting together for school there? Yep. And there are, there are several different homeschool options uh, that we provide resources for. Some of them are more collaborative and more each of the family don't have a particular educator uh, that work with them and they might meet once a week uh, and they come in and each parent sort of takes a turn to sort of run a different program. So we provide those facilities and those resources. And then the home-based learning center that Amy's talking about in particular is really um, very intense. It's really the primary thing that most of those families would, would consider the primary resource that they would use as they curate their kids' education. Is that fair, Amy? I think that's a great way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's, it's a wonderful way to be introduced to homeschooling, too, because you're, it's not all on you. You really do feel like you're collaborating with educators who are professional educators um, around your child's education. So there, and, and there's an incredible community support there too. Everyone works together to help each other and, and suggest resources and support each other. So it's a wonderful community-based way um, to try out homeschooling. I think one of the big factors too is this idea of flexibility. Like, will there be flexibility if I make this decision for my family? Because, you know, I think everybody was kind of running on adrenaline back in March when things literally just shut down and it was like, you know, all hands on deck sort of thing. And I mean, it, I see it here at my own house, you know, it's like we got two working adults, we have a toddler, we're used to being able to have other family members take her, you know, on a few days a week or every day of the week so that we can do what we need to do. Um, you know, other families, they have the two working adults, they have the daycare option, but those shut down too. So it's like the village that it takes to, you know, keep a family up and running, it kind of just, I don't want to say it fell apart, but it just kind of was taken away. And that was a struggle for a lot of people. But I think the thing was, is that 
for for some kids they were able to you know have flexibility and when they were able to complete their schoolwork like deadlines didn't necessarily mean the same thing as it had prior to March 13th or whatever day the schools shut down so I'm wondering kind of where this flexibility idea fits into um, the the programs that you offer so um, can I start and then uh, Amy maybe yes. fill in the blanks the uh, so really because the the, the curriculum is is all based on the scout curriculum, and we're there every day. Now, although in minimal, you know, different sort of staffing and all those uh, safety protocols, the ability and it's 110 acres with uh, a dozen physical buildings and a, a whole bunch of open air buildings. There's all sorts of great opportunities uh, to spread out and to create lots of different flexible options so that. Um, families that are saying, you know, I need some collaborative child care options. I need some alternative education options, but I don't need the whole thing. I just need a bit of it. I need like a day. I need an afternoon. I need this type of thing per week. There's ways that we can plug you into lots of different smaller versions of the homeschool resources, which are also the scout resources and individual families can sort of plug into that based on their need. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, and we'll take care of all the safety protocols and make sure that each of those small groups remains a small group. Each one has the right type of um, physical space. Uh, in the beginning of the year, obviously, September is going to be easy to utilize the outdoors. As it gets to winter, that will become a little bit more challenging, especially given the kids' age. You know, if there, uh, there's no such thing as bad weather, just inappropriate gear. That's what you say when you go camping. I like that, um, actually. I like that yeah, twist yeah. there. Yeah. Um, although, you know, three months of 30-degree weather is going to be tough on a second grader if they try yeah. to be outdoors. Um, so we, and we understand that. So we're figuring out ways to create enough uh, warm spaces and still do the social, social distancing when we get to those more challenging ones. Amy, did you want to share anything? We have just a couple minutes left. Sure. I, I mean, I think Chuck really spoke to the flexibility of the New England Base Camp programming. Um, and I think that will enable us with changing guidelines over the coming year. If things do change, we have a way to handle those changes. We, we've already um, laid out various options for whatever comes up. We're able to um, pivot and, and accommodate that because we have this range of programming from in-person drop-off to virtual learning from home. Um, I think that just makes us very nimble. Um, and also responsive to families' needs around stringency and keeping their families safe, depending on what, what they have going on. I got to say, I mean, the the sleepless nights for both of you probably, you know, are months long, I would guess, right? I mean, this stuff, I mean, it's literally changing as we're talking. And that's, you know, the... I keep using unprecedented, that's the buzzword, whatever, right? But it's like, you can't just flip a switch and then suddenly change programs that have been in existence for a certain way for a certain number of time to make it just suddenly meet the needs because the needs include so much more than just, okay, we're going to change the plan. Like the plan is like this whole laundry list worth of consideration that needs right. to happen otherwise you're out of compliance suddenly right. so if this then this if that then that right the and like who wants to design that flow chart well you guys are designing 
designing the flowchart, right? I mean, so my gosh, just as we close out here, how has that been for for both of you? So I don't feel like there's a bunch of sleepless nights. I am, and I'd say that first of all, there's dozens of people uh, in all the different programs that we uh, are working on, and I would say that that entire team is invigorated by the process. It's not a, it's not nearly as stressful as it is exciting. Because really what we're doing is we're listening to parents and we're listening to kids and we're thinking about and challenging ourselves to say, this is a great experience that we do. How do we make this experience still come alive in a, in a different way and oftentimes a better way? We have parts of our curriculum do things like have a conversation with somebody from another country. Well, the virtual part of that makes that so much mm. better than anything we were ever doing in our own paradigm held us back True. from saying, let's just do that piece online. And then we have a piece which says, then I'll learn how to change a tire. And well, that's a great activity to do in your driveway. You know, so why are we bringing kids to camp to do that? If we can just have them do that at home and they can video it and send a video of themselves learning how to change a tire on their dad's cap, like that's great. <laughs> so it's challenged us. It's been more exciting. And we've come up with all sorts of fun, unique, different ways to deliver the curriculum. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I agree with Chuck. Um, in March, when we needed to move home base learning center online, um, it was a very creative, iterative um, process with educators. They kept surveying the parents, seeing what would work, trying different options, one-on-ones um, versus group meetings versus how, how do we put this together in a way that will work. And through that iterative process, they, they figured out how to do distance learning for home base. And I think that was just a, an unforeseen, wonderful um, product from that experience that we can now have and use in the future if we need to. So it is exciting what has emerged in this process too. It makes us realize how resourceful we can be if we collaborate together and get creative about how we deliver programs. Yeah, I've seen almost like two different things come out of this. Much of what you both just described where like these, you know, uh, kind of on the fly tweaks and, um, you know, advancements and so forth are things that are going to stick and help improve programming moving forward, regardless of if it's Boy Scouts, regardless of if it's school, regardless of if it's, you know, your typical nine to five, you name it, things have, have really come in a positive, you know, light, I think, from the, the pandemic um, in a forward direction. In some ways, I feel like we've had the opportunity to step back, not in a bad way, but more in a simplistic way, like where you just start to appreciate things that were so like basic, like just going for a ride and not getting out of the car and being able to take in different experiences and not put the GPS on and just kind of be with the moment. I know that sounds like so, I don't know, <laughs> but it it's been refreshing in a sense to kind of remove some of these pressures right? And just kind of take a step back and, and reassess. So I think a lot of good have, you know, really come out of this whole COVID-19 thing. And I'm looking at the time, we're pretty much at our limit here. Um, 
Like I said, we've been chatting with Chuck Eaton, Chief Executive of the Boy Scouts Spirit of Adventure Council, and Dr. Amy Warren, co-founder of the Home-Based Learning Center. Chuck, it's always a pleasure to have you. I loved that we were able to expand our conversation and have Amy join us this morning. Any closing thoughts before I let you both go? We both want to. We have uh, two different websites that folks should go and visit. So, uh, NewEnglandBaseCamp.org, and that's the overarching physical location that has all these different programs we're talking about. And contained within that is Amy. is <laughs> HomeBaseLearning.org, and that's our um, website for the Home Base Learning Center program. Uh, that is housed within the New England Base Camp. Um, you can also access our website through the main New England Base Camp website, but that's the direct link. Perfect. Well, it was so nice to see both of you this morning. I thank you so much for your time. Good luck tomorrow with the start of the camp. Great. Thanks, Julie. Thanks so much. We're looking forward to it. Thank you so much, Julie.